Hello and welcome to Hardcover Hose, a long-distance book club where two book lovers express their feelings on their book of the moment via podcast. I am one half of your host, Sam Dixon. And I am Sammy Scorstad. Together we have combed through book talk, combined our to-be-read lists, and now we intend to make our way through them one book at a time. We'd love for you to come along with us and join the discussion. Happy Black History Month! This month, like every month, we want to focus on highlighting Black excellence, and we will be doing so by covering poignant and celebratory works of literature written by Black authors throughout this entire month of February. The book of the moment for today's episode is The Black Flamingo by Dean Adda. Uh, Just a forewarning for those of you listening, this is not a spoiler-free zone. We will be discussing this book in all of its glory, which of course includes revealing the ending. The author of The Black Flamingo, Dean Adda, is a British poet of Greek Cypriot and Caribbean descent. He has been listed by the independent newspaper as one of the 100 most influential LGBT people in the United Kingdom. Born to a Greek mother and a Jamaican father, he earned a BA degree in 2006 in philosophy and English from the University of Sussex, where he was president of the African Caribbean Society. His poetry, which often deals with questions of identity and social justice, has been featured on BBC Radio 4, and he has been commissioned to write for music museums and galleries, including the Keats House Museum, the National Portrait Gallery London, Tate Britain, and Tate Modern. Before we jump into discussing our own thoughts and feelings regarding the book, I'm going to go ahead and read through the blurb on the back of the book for the sake of contextualizing it. Quote, a boy comes to terms with his identity as a mixed-race gay teen, then at university he finds his wings as a drag artist, the Black Flamingo. A bold story about the power of embracing uniqueness sometimes we need to take charge to stand up wearing pink feathers to show ourselves to the world in bold color without further ado let's get into it i love how you had to read all that stuff and you got that the blurb was very short today yep (laughs) sometimes they're very long yeah sometimes they're very long Mm -hmm. (laughs) um so you picked this book i did I have not seen this book really anywhere, honestly. I Okay, so I think I bought this probably, ne- like, almost exactly a year ago, I think. Because I had been seeing it on um, Book Talk at mm. the time. So, um, I don't know when it came out. I think it's recent. Feels feels recent. Jacket Art 2020. So, I think it was, like, 2020, maybe early 2021. Uh, first U.S. Paperback Edition 2021. Okay. So I, yeah, I got this early 2021 and I've just had it sitting around waiting to get to it. But I love the cover art. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I had heard it, like from a few um, black book talkers, I think, had highlighted it um, last year. And so when we were looking for something that would be a little, because like we've, were weird uh recording schedule or whatever (laughs) and (laughs) and i have midterms right now i was like okay what can we do that's like a little shorter but also like good and would Mm -hmm. be enjoyable um i was like oh i have this book maybe this is a good time to read it i was looking it up after i finished it and i saw like the other cover i don't know which version of the cover you have is i have the one with him on the cover with the pink feathers like his face profile? Yeah. Okay. So there's another cover where he's like sitting or standing oh. and it's more of a full body shot and he's in the middle. I The other cover is really pretty. This one's really nice too, but the other one has like one of those really artistic like mosaic kind of vibes behind him. Oh, I like that. It looks really good. Um, it also earned a Stonewall Book Award. It did. I love that. And I'll pick, I think I'll pick up anything that's owned a Stonewall book award so what were your initial so i fair warning i read this yesterday afternoon (laughs) slash night it's really quick because it's written in verse yes and um so there isn't like it's like how many pages 300 300 probably it's oh it's like 400 pages okay um 400 pages but there isn't much on each page right so it goes very very fast um i was quite sleepy when I read this Mm -hmm. so I don't think my critical thinking brain was out but Mm -hmm. I was just vibing I was like yeah this is cool yeah like okay and some of the um because I really liked that like obviously the whole thing is written in verse but the character Michael also put his own poems Mm -hmm. in it and I loved those I thought those were so good um because I'm not smart when it comes to poetry at all 
And so I'm like, oh, cool. That rhymed with that. And like, <laughs> that sounds good. And, wow. <laughs> cool. Words. I have, yeah. I have so much respect for people who can write poetry. And I'm just like, oh, you had like, you made words like artsy, like cool. <laughs> I can't do I, um, that. <laughs> I think I've discovered something about myself. When we covered Clap When You Land, I mm-hmm. recall mentioning that I think it's fake profound when authors do the like poetic verse style. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. instead of just writing a story out I think I think I take that back and I think I actually like it <laughs> yeah there was I think if you do it right it feels good because this was written in poetic verse but it felt like storytelling like it just it, it just was. it wasn't trying to be too much and I think that the stylistic like layout of each page allowed like an extra step into mm-hmm. like a layer rather into understanding like what was trying to go on like I love um I really loved how there were parts where he you know he described himself as like an egg right and then the the lettering on the page the is in the shape yeah. of an egg and then he there was something about love on one of the pages and, and it was, the shape in, the was in a heart yeah, yeah. it was, was the like, flamingo that. that's that's when they introduced introduced the idea of the black oh, flamingo right, because right. it was like when they their like necks and heads go together they create the shape of the heart Right. I just thought, like, I think that's so creative, Mm -hmm. one, and then two, kind of difficult, like, for them to create, say what they want to say and create this piece of, like, it's like a double piece of art, you know? Exactly, yeah. (laughs) Um, But I really, really enjoyed the format for this one. Like, I was very much... Like you said, it was vibing. I was really tired when I read this, too. <laughs> I read it in, like, an hour and, like, 20 minutes, too. It was yeah. really, really quick. Um, yeah. But I was like, oh, my God, I, I like this. And it says YA, right? Like, yeah, it was it, in the yeah. YA section of um, my bookstore. But it – I liked that it was YA for – like, it was high school YA for a minute. And then it was like, I'm in college. Well, yeah, because it's a survey of pretty much, like – god maybe 15 years of his life because it starts kind of in yeah preschool ish and like his the beginning of his memories essentially Mm -hmm. and um so i also think that worked really well with the verse Mm -hmm. aspect of it because like each page it was like it made sense then for time to pass like Mm -hmm. for there to be like kind of jumps a little bit it was like okay like a poem like a few pages kind of surveying like a few months in this year or this one right. trip or this but it was easy to make it like to cover that much time mm-hmm. and so yeah I think and if it were in novel form I think it like it would have been kind of exhausting yeah or it would have been like here's a really quick background of my childhood so you can mm-hmm. understand why I'm saying these other things in the rest of the story right right and then it's kind of like okay so do you make that a prologue or part one of the book you know it, it's difficult I think like you said poetry like the poetic verse gives it an almost like smoother way to transition yeah and there's also like no concrete like plot and like you know like a big thing that even novels where where it's about like self-discovery and growth there are mm-hmm. like other things kind of going on and other plots like moving it along but I think this is kind of just like a vibey like we're learning about his self-discovery throughout his entire life. And that's yeah. the story. That is what this I, is. I also liked that there's no conflict in the sense right, of like exactly. a normal story. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. normal story progression. There wasn't like a here's an obstacle slash thing mm-hmm. that needs to be completed to get through the rest of the story. It was Even- like here are obstacles I went through in my life and here's how I got through them. yeah. Even, like, the, ob- the obstacles that there were with, like, certain char- other characters in the story, um, they were resolved relatively fast. And it was yeah. just – it was a lot more, like, yeah, that's just a part of – that's a part of it. This isn't what we're here to discuss, essentially. Right. And they were solved like, – resolved, sorry, in, like, kind of funny ways. Like, what yeah. was his friend who was the girl? Daisy? Is that her name? Yes. I read this so fast. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no. It's okay. I don't remember either. No, it was like Daisy or something. Hold on. I think it was Daisy. There was that guy, Kieran. Mm-hmm. Daisy. Yeah, it was Daisy. I was, okay, okay, cool. Trust, trust in myself, I guess. Mm-hmm. Trust um, your gut. Yeah, literally. Uh, like Daisy being like, you know, don't let any of the lesbians talk to me at the gay bar. And then later coming out. Then later yeah. being like, yeah, that was my 
<laughs> unresolved thoughts about yeah my girlfriend being told me i was being like <laughs> that was my internalized homophobia yeah like ooh, yes and he was, was like, like uh, okay he's like all right cool that was like quite literally poetic justice you know yeah yeah <laughs> uh i love funny irony like that in mm-hmm. books um i also just really loved michael's character i think he had a really strong voice mm-hmm. you know throughout and i liked his little just the way that he described his world, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, the way he would acknowledge, like, oh, yeah, I was always friends with all the girls. And he tried to go to the all-boys school, and he was like, I miss girls. Yeah. <laughs> like, I want, I want, where are the girls? I want to be around girls, you know? Yes. And that one part where he was, like, uh, talking, when he was younger and he was talking about kissing, right? Mm-hmm. And he was, like, I kissed so-and-so and so all these guys' names, right? But I right. never kissed so-and-so, so-and-so, and so-and-so, all the girls' mm-hmm. names. And I was, like, subtle. Okay. I'm with you. Love it. Yes. I really, I really. And we would play, it. yeah, we would play husband and wife at home while my mom was, like, <laughs> cooking dinner for us. <laughs> He's, like, and I always played the wife. Yeah. I was like, respect. Love uh-huh. that for you. Um, I also just loved his, like, college journey. Mm-hmm. And, like, going to clubs and going to bars and, you know, seeing himself reflected in other people and then, like, yes. taking on those aspects. Mm-hmm. So what what's interesting about his character, or not interesting, I guess, but, like, he really does have... And he experienced this when he first got to college, Mm -hmm. um, is grappling kind of with his identity and where he wanted to kind of fit himself in because he realized right off the bat he didn't necessarily fit into one category. Mm -hmm. And that's eventually how he found drag. But first he went to, um, I think it was the Caribbean, like, or like Black Caribbean Society Mm -hmm. or something like that. And they were like, but you're not really that black like you're not it was like essentially you're not black enough and then he, he tried was, to go to the greek one and they were like no speak like, greek and he, exactly. was like, uh. he was like i don't know greek enough um <laughs> and then he tried to go to the queer like club and he was like i'm not queer enough like everyone's going around like trans and saying their pronouns and he wasn't like he was like okay yeah, like yeah supportive but he then he felt like oh i'm not queer enough yeah, And then he found drag and there were people of all shapes and sizes, all colors, all whatever, all gender expressions and sexualities. And they were just there to do the same thing together, which was right. cool. And I think that part of why he found him such a place in drag too, not only besides just like enjoying the diversity within it, but because he could create the actualized version of himself that he wanted and he didn't have to copy anybody else's versions Mm -hmm. of himself it was you know this is who i want to be i want to be the black flamingo i want to be me for the first time ever essentially yeah he and like because they were like oh so are you a drag queen or a king and he was like no i'm me like i'm i'm somewhere i'm Mm -hmm. whatever i am and i am everything i've thought and felt all of these years and have never been able to express and that's what i'm gonna do through this Right. That was so cool. He had that like little monologue right in the beginning when they asked him that. And then um Yes. And then they were like, use that in your yeah, performance. Like that'll be great. Keep it. <laughs> yep. Hold on to that monologue. Uh-huh. <laughs> I just I think his character was so well spoken. Like so it, he could just articulate exactly what his feelings were, even if he wasn't positive what they were. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Like, he he would he would dance he was around positive about his confusion and like Yeah. His, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, man, I wish my brain could <laughs> articulate things in this way. Yeah. Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't that be cool to to just be able to verbalize express <laughs> your what you're feeling? <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. Yeah. I um I was like I I knew it was gonna be good. I was just like, I can just tell it's gonna be a cool story. And I think honestly, my I feel like I just cannot actually judge uh anything written in verse because it's like if i don't like it i just think i'm stupid and it's like oh, okay i just don't get it um so this i was like yeah this is just gonna be good this i think it was good. a super effective way to tell this story too yes yeah like I, I think to tell michael's story like this is the way that it had to be 
And I, I like, I know I said it already, but I freaking love that he put his like Michael's poems mm-hmm. in there too. And they were, you know, cause it was just like, that just really cemented that this was the way to tell the story because the character himself was a poet yeah. and a performer. And so this whole book is a poem and a performance. And it was just like, I don't know, to so the style for the style to so directly reflect the story and the character mm-hmm. is so cool. Yeah. No, I completely agree. I want to uh, look up um, the author's, some of his other poems. Yeah. Me it too. sounds like he's very um, accomplished. No kidding. Yeah. He has an impressive looking background. Mm-hmm. I'd be interested as well. Before we move on to discuss the rest of the Black Flamingo, let's listen to a quick word about the brand sponsoring today's episode. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All righty. Let us continue. Um... I think that the use of different side characters was really interesting Mm -hmm. in story progression because I I think you said this many episodes back, but like authors never mentioned characters by accident. Like there's no coincidence. Mm -hmm. They created a character for some purpose in the book. Um, And I think like to see Michael move schools after Mm -hmm. he got in a fight for sticking up for that kid or whatever he didn't. He, oh, he didn't. hit I don't the remember. kid. I don't remember. He was the one who beat up the kid because the yeah, yeah, older. I don't he I'm didn't confused. stand up for him. I thought he was standing up for somebody else. No, he. I don't remember. Or no, is, did he? Was... Wait, did he lie? I think he lied. Then yeah. when he got to the other school, he said he was sticking up for somebody. No, he, but he was the one who beat I him got up. Confused. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, which was like that was a really interesting um, thing to happen. And I, like, I kind of wonder this, like, I don't know, the significant, like, if I were to have to analyze that and, like, why the author put that in of, like, this moment of ultimately, like, of weakness for him where he was surrounded by these older, bigger kids and they were yelling at him to fight out. It was his name was Alistair, Alistair, the pretty boy Mm -hmm. who had, like, long hair and he, like, thought he was pretty and the boys were yelling at him to fight him and so he did. And Alistair was, like, crumbled on the floor, like, crying, saying, like, please, no. Mm. And then he finally ran off and after that. But he, like, hit him to the ground, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot. And then, and then he was like, I want to leave. I hate it here. But um, it, It's so interesting. I think, like, the progression of the story was very, like, here's a step. You can reflect on this if you want, but I'm going to keep going, you know? Mm-hmm. So that was, like, the beginning of elementary school or no a beginning of um what's it called uh middle school for him essentially i mean Mm -hmm. i know it's in the uk so it might be different names but um because he had like the like the girlfriends and the like all of that through elementary school and then he went to the all boys school and that happened he tried to it was like a choir school kind of right and then he switched to the catholic school which was interesting because by then he was ar- like he was kind of already like at terms with who he was and that he yeah. was gay. And so he switches to a Catholic school and like kind of right off the- like pretty soon after he's he comes out. Yeah. Relatively soon after, I think. And so that was the school he was at through high school. Right. And stuff. Right, right, right. Which is interesting. Mm-hmm. And then he becomes friends with Daisy and everybody's like, oh, my God, are you guys dating? But. Daisy's are you guys obviously... girlfriends or are you boyfriends? Yeah, and I remember that part. Bitches. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everybody, I hate kids at that yeah. age. They're so mean. They're. This is why I'm never having children. <laughs> I don't think I could ever survive like my kid being mean to me. Like that would just like they're cruel. Yeah, I was they can cruel. be cruel. I was fucking cruel. I was a. I was mean. I would. I was shy. <laughs> oh, I was mean. I was shy. <laughs> I don't think I like. I don't know. I probably didn't realize I was, but I I used to be mean to my mom. No. Yeah, she didn't deserve it, but. Aw. 
That was a meanie head. No. It's okay. She likes. We like each other now. That's We're all good. happy. I was afraid of my parents, but that's a story from another day. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think about when his mom hit him? The one and only time oh, yeah. she hit him. Uh, well, I don't condone um, any form right. of hitting kids for punishment. Nope. Nope. Um, so I didn't like that. That just seemed like very out. Of, like it was like, yeah. whoa, what just happened? Like yeah. why? Because they have such a positive relationship. Too. Like she got him the Barbie when he was asking yeah. like so bad for the Barbie. And she was trying to protect him too because he wanted to bring it to his like dad's family's house, the Brown. Yeah. The Browns. The and, Browns family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, the Barbie needs to help me clean up. So why don't you leave it with me? Yeah. Because she wanted to like, which is like such a difficult line to walk. But like for him at that age, he wouldn't have known that bringing yeah. a Barbie could have brought upon some negative reactions. And mm-hmm. so for her to kind of protect him in that, but still let him have it at home. Yeah. was like really cool. Why did I she think. hit him? I can't remember. I think it was after. Um, oh, God. You know, why don't you keep talking? Because I bookmarked it. Let me find it. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. I, it's, it's interesting to me to watch like stories like this progress. Mm-hmm. Um. Because he was so, it, I love a story where the queer character is growing up and they're very sure of themselves. We mm-hmm. like obviously he he had his moments of being like, uh, I don't know, but I'm pretty sure. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm on this side, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that a lot of times when we see queer stories written, there's a lot of uh, refusal to accept. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's nice when people are like, no, I'm, I think this is what I am and I accept that's what I am. So, like, I know that's not the case for everybody, but it's refreshing to read a story like that. Right. I think, um, so I just opened up to, while I'm looking for that scene of when she hit him. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of his, so Michael, the character's poems is, this is when he, um, he's realizing he, like, loves daisy essentially but mm-hmm. like he and he doesn't really know what that means because he's like no i'm gay like why do i love uh, this girl mm-hmm. but like it's a very much a platonic love i think but also it's like oh sexuality is a spectrum like you don't have to be 100 percent one thing or the other but anyways this poem is how gay am i how gay am i i wonder i knew i know if i could choose i would be with rowan but he's a mystery to me it's so easy with daisy she's my best friend she's part of my family she's like a part of me so sweet it is so sweet and it was just like i think that can be so confusing for young people it's like the difference between platonic love mm-hmm. and like romantic love and especially people like struggling with their sexuality because then too it's like i think it was when they go to visit his family in cyprus yeah and his grandpa was like oh she's your girlfriend and he's like no but she's my best friend and like we do he's everything like, together same thing yeah it's like oh that is like that's what it should be you know that's like you know love and mm-hmm. but um yeah it was it was good i love oh, i just freaking loved all his little poems me too did you find the no i'm still looking oh, okay okay no it's okay um yeah it's gotta no, be here soon. I-, I thought his friendship with daisy was really interesting and it really did break my heart when uh she was being all homophobic at the club mm-hmm. and he was like no, you're just being ignorant and I can't be friends with you if you're going to be ignorant. Mm-hmm. Like, you're fetishizing my kind of love, but mm-hmm. it's not okay when it's a woman. Like, this like, kind of thing. No. So, yeah. So, I, I felt really proud in that moment to be able to stand up to the person he arguably, you know, cares for the most and mm-hmm. say, like, yo, fuck off, dude. Like, right. <laughs> Don't don't be you can't talk shit like that. It's not okay. And then I thought it was really interesting and a very raw and vulnerable reflection on like what it's like to not talk to a friend anymore when he's mm-hmm. in college and it's his around his birthday. It's his birthday. It's yeah. his birthday. And there was a point where he was like thinking about texting Daisy and then Daisy texted him. Mm-hmm. And then 
you know, had this moment of apologizing and being like, I'm gay. (laughs) Yeah, so turns out. (laughs) I'm really sorry for what I said in high school. (laughs) So I I found it. And it was when he was in elementary school, even. Mm -hmm. He hated his new jacket. Mm. Brand new Levi's denim jacket. It's stiff and uncomfortable. I take it off at the start of the day, hanging on my cloakroom hook. Mm-hmm. When I go back before home time, it's gone. And then he says, I think someone took my jacket by mistake. And then she blew up on him. What do you mean someone took it, you stupid boy? You have to look after your things. Do you know how much it costs? I didn't like it anyway, I say, embarrassed that people might be watching. She slaps me hard across the face. Yeah. And then he says, you're not allowed to do that to her. Right. I Yeah. It, that's that, a, it's a tricky family dynamics are tricky things especially mm-hmm. in books um it's you know it's a material thing at the end mm-hmm. of the day and you know i i think i'm i'm not really that kind of person who's like oh but their trauma in the book mm-hmm. you know help them yeah. grow like, like we don't need <laughs> it's like the game of like everyone talking about the only strong women in Game of Thrones were only, like, were R-worded. And, like, that yeah. was the only reason they, like, jo- like the creators of the show, the directors of the show, they used that type of trauma to, like, that was the core of, like, the character growth for so yeah. many of the it, female like, lit characters. the match. Yeah, exactly. Right. And it's like, mm, they don't well, have to uh, be No, assaulted. I think they could have been strong, yeah, without, yeah. without the layer of trauma there. Yeah, I think in in that regard too, it's it's a lot like we society often paints trauma like that, like oh, it helps you grow, it helps you be stronger. But it's like, um, well, actually, it's like fetishizing um, trauma. (laughs) Literally, it's quite it's it's quite possible to still become a strong person Mm -hmm. without being traumatized. And even so, right? Even if you are, then it is like you are you were a strong person who still had to go through that. Right. It wasn't like that was your catalyst that turned you into a strong person. I hate that. Mm-hmm. I hate that. Um, but I, I'm I'm glad that like I didn't really feel like they tried to make that a point. Like, oh, my mom hit me once. And they so... mentioned it like once or twice. Yeah. Like later in the book, but ultimately they had a really good. Relationship. relationship yeah yeah which is interesting you know because like i said family dynamics are hard to write and hard in real life like that's mm-hmm. a real thing and i think that was kind of a, a raw and real relation mm-hmm. parent wise because i mean that that happens like this you can yeah. have a great relationship with somebody who did at one point abuse you in a way you know which is so hard because like i think i kind of I mean, like, at the moment, like, I feel like I have such a hard line of, like, your abuser can't, can't, like, there's no way for your abuser to also be your, like, comfort or something mm-hmm. like that. It's like, mm-hmm. they can't, they can't help you heal the trauma that they caused. Right, right. But, I mean, it's like, I guess, I don't the know. Case this by is case different. basis. It is, yeah. it is. It's, and it's, it's difficult with families and stuff. Because, mm-hmm. like, the, the, all he really had was his mom. Mm-hmm. That's true. And that's a hard situation to be in anyways uh and i think i think there maybe was a part of him even though he was a kid who thought like oh i mean yeah i did kind of set up this jacket to not last you Mm -hmm. know and i i feel like mom can see through that a little bit i just like i loved his even as a little kid like in the fact that I think it proves that they really did have a good relationship because the first thing he says is you're not allowed to do that. Right. Like he knows that that's not okay. He knows that he doesn't deserve that type of treatment either. Mm-hmm. And from right off the bat. And so it was like, hang on a second. I don't deserve that. I don't know what's why you're doing this really. Like I know I fucked up, but that's never happened yet. Like that right. was the first time that happened. And that's, it not going to happen again and it didn't so yeah it was the only time that ha- that happened for him so mm-hmm. i i do think that that was a you know that's hard to read and yeah and he even reflected on it later in the book i think mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. he had he had a memory like towards the end of it right it I was really brief for. yeah yeah mm-hmm. but but that is that is kind of a reflection on how trauma stays with us we can forget it and we can put time between it but you know 
Yeah. At the end of the day, it's you still can there. Remember those things? Yeah, it's still yeah. there. Mm, so interesting. So, did you? So, Kieran is mm-hmm. the black boy who plays soccer at the the Catholic school. Right. Did you think he was gay right off the bat, or maybe? What, okay. Then I uh, question off of this one because there were mm-hmm. a lot of characters. <laughs> okay. Um, and I read it really quickly. Um, Kieran is the one who picked up the note that Michael wrote for Rowan, yes. right? And tells him about the gay soccer player. Yeah. No. Yeah, I knew that was him. Mm-hmm. I and then there was much coding to that one. <laughs> right. Well, it was, and then they go. Um, him and Daisy go see Moonlight, and they see Kieran with a girl. And mm-hmm. so it was like, also, but I think for, for Michael, it was like, no, no, it couldn't be because he had never met another black queer person. Right. And so he was like, and so even when he was describing his type in college, he was like, oh, I like them white and whatever. And then his friend Lenny was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> like, I'm going to like, that's bullshit. That's yeah. internalized racism. Like you're like. Yeah. You don't say that. That's not cool. And then, and then, if somebody says it the reverse way, then that's fetishization. Exactly. Wow. Okay. Fetishization. Thank you. Yep. Yep. (laughs) But Michael was like, I've never actually met another black, like, gay man. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so that was that was interesting. I and like I was getting gay vibes from Kieran, and I'm glad he was the one who came back. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. I didn't really see that coming because i was uh, the progression of the story had moved past that you know that time of his life so i was kind of like oh that's weird but, but i okay. think the fact <laughs> that he like i think it, i'm glad it was kieran and not rowan because rowan yeah. was the one he wrote the letter for and he was yeah. a white ginger boy ginger haired boy you know mm. um and i think it was like good for michael to see again like again it was like Oh, having that connection with another black queer man mm-hmm. was big for him. Because, like, even the first person who he had his kiss with, the first kiss with was someone he met online who was way older than they should have been. And it was, like, in a cemetery or something. I think it was and on his was, birthday. And he was kind of drugged. and Yeah. that was, It was and, on his birthday. Right. And he was drugged and he woke up being like, I don't know what could have happened. And thinking about all the things that could have happened. And, um... Yeah, so I think, I think it was powerful that it was Kieran, because mm-hmm. it was also it was a person that he didn't let himself really even consider. Michael yeah, didn't. Even I was let thinking himself... it was going to be Lenny. I thought Lenny was going to be like, "Haha, I'm gay." <laughs> I or I thought it was going to be like Alistair from the kid he beat up from all oh. those years ago. I thought he was going to come back and they were going to have like a and he was going to be able to apologize like the same way Daisy was able to apologize. But then, again, mm-hmm. it's kind of like the, do you forgive Michael in that situation? And yeah, I don't. I just don't yeah. do the bullies to lovers no. thing. Yeah. And I know, like, Michael was not necessarily bullying that kid, but, but he, like, did, he it, did pummel him. It, I think from the perspective <laughs> of the kid. Yeah, like, he yeah, was bullied. All, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not I'm not into the story that trope. <laughs> right. Agreed. So I, I'm I'm glad it was uh, it was Kieran because mm-hmm. I think and then I think it was kind of a cute way to come full circle for Michael. You know. Yes. Like, oh my God. He tried to tell me back then. Uh huh. And, and now I just here we like are. couldn't see it. And then yeah. especially because it was after that asshole slept with him and he lost his virginity. Yeah. And then he was like. No, I just have like sex with people, but I'm not. Or like his brother told Michael, he's not yeah. gay though, but he's not yeah. gay. And then Michael's like, "Well, he's not straight. Like, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> he's somewhere there, mm-hmm. but not in that direction." No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I was kind of stressed right at the toward the end when we know that, um, like, Michael went to London for the night. Mm-hmm. and saw Kieran and had this crazy night and then he fell asleep in the car and then he ended up somewhere else and mm-hmm. he's late kind of to for pass the out. drag show yeah for the drag show that's kind of become the whole point of this the well, second half his of the story book. yeah um and I was like no there's no way that this is that he's gonna have missed it no um so I was obviously glad that he didn't uh and I I loved everything about his performance mm-hmm 
everything. I was like, yes, this is amazing. I love how he listed off powerful black people who uh-huh. he wanted to thank for, you know, coming before Getting him. him to- yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? I'm flipping through that section. I loved his costume, like the, yeah, the feathers. And-, <laughs> and I loved how everybody who lent him parts of the costume was like, keep it. Yeah, like it's, this is it's you. meant for yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. And it was kind of like like when a bird gets his feathers. You feel me? Mm-hmm. Like he he oh. got his feathers from yeah everybody else. I oh just thought I just thought it was so meaningful and moving and funny and mm-hmm. fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just really really loved. I think that was also a nice thing for us to get to see. You know? Yes. Toward the end. Hmm. Because it was cool, too, that we, even though we knew about this event happening soon, and we knew him, like, preparing for it, like, we weren't let in on the actual act until Mm -hmm. the final act. Right. Which was cool. It was, like, the big reveal for everybody and the audience, too. Yes. The readers. Yes. And just his moment of being able to, you know, be like, I am black and queer. I exist. Mm-hmm. I'm here. I've been here. Mm-hmm. I just, I just, uh, I thought it was such a moving way to like finish off the end of the book. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it was cute. Um, did you have any particular moments in which you cried during this book? I don't think I cried. I think I was like too tired and just Fair. kind of out of it. Like I was like focusing on just not falling asleep. Okay, fair. I was so tired. But that doesn't, like, that has nothing to do with how much I enjoyed the book because I really thoroughly mm-hmm. enjoyed the book. Mm-hmm. To clarify. I, because the, the, the literal last, like, three pages of the book mm-hmm. made me cry. His poem, Aww. How to Come Out as Gay. It was just yeah. like, I was just crying. And then it was like, acknowledgements, please. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm crying. So give me acknowledgements now. <laughs> I loved during his um, performance, and he was like, I'm going to give you some advice. I'm going to tell you five things not to say when chatting up a black flamingo. Number oh one, mm-hmm. can I touch your feathers? Number two, is it true what they say about the size of your wings? <laughs> um, yes. Yeah. So funny. I usually prefer pink, but I really love that contrast between us. You know what they say. Once you go black, you never go back. So funny. Can you talk about like the progression of him? So he got... Because he wanted to kind of feel a little more black, I think. So he got um, locks. His, he got locks for his mm-hmm. hair. And he had those for a while. And then he was starting to think like people were um, like stereotyping him as like a drug dealer. And there were mm-hmm. a lot of like Rastafarian jokes and Bob Marley jokes and stuff like that. And then he was like, no, I don't want people to see me like that anymore because they're like putting something on me. That isn't me. And so mm-hmm. he, like, finally went home and just, like, cut them off. And that was interesting, too, of, like, the progression of him thinking that made him, I think, maybe more black or made him feel a little more comfortable in himself at, at mm-hmm. one point. And then he grew out of it. And he was like, this isn't serving me anymore. Well, yeah. And then somebody in his life, I don't remember who, was like... um Perhaps they thought you His were sister. a drug dealer. Yeah. Because you're black. Just because you were the black boy around. Not because you had the Locks. Bob Marley yeah. looking hair that like and he was, and then like, he was oh, like, weed. Okay. Huh? He was like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> no, I didn't have to cut off my locks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I felt bad for him in that moment because I was like, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. it's an interesting, it's a hard line to walk when you're the minority in a specific mm-hmm. area and s- specific situation, especially when where you're trying to pay people who are more prone to stereotype than not to stereotype you. So, right. And so even Lenny though, was like his, you know, black friend he made at school was like, you do kind of look like Bob Marley. <laughs> like you got to admit <laughs> that you do kind of look like him. Yeah. That was funny. Um, did you have a favorite line from the book? I had so many. Okay. Hit me um, with your best shot. Let me. I did. Um... Oh, wait, wait. Quickly. I just thought it was really funny. Mm. Um, so this was in 
when he after he met Daisy. So if this was I really like I don't know these two things, but I was talking to Daisy. It's like walking on eggshells. I'm curious what might have broken her. She doesn't seem mean. She seems hurt. Mm-hmm. And then immediately after it's in math i noticed red-haired rowan at the desk in front of us rowan looks like if ed sheeran was handsome yeah that <laughs> and was i funny. thought that was so fun. that made me like <laughs> i think out loud i was like ha but um, <laughs> yeah uh i really liked when this is actually an interesting line to look back on uh knowing the end of the story but uh michael writes how Christian is Kieran? When God made Kieran, did he make him for me? I imagine us mm. in Eden, two black boys in paradise, naked, no fig leaves. Adam and Eve are long gone, so Kieran and Michael inherit the garden, and the serpent is forgotten, and the fruit on the tree of knowledge has gone rotten. I also bookmarked that one. Oh, that was. Do we take a shot? No, <laughs> I have more homework to do tonight. So no, <laughs> you're not fun. But um, I, I think this. I've always thought about. Um, like the Garden of Eden imagery and stuff. I just love all references and stories and, you know, kind of branches off that that original core image of Adam and Eve in the garden. And I've always wanted to have, like, I don't know, I have this idea of a tattoo in my head of, like, Eve with the apple and, like, a serpent kind of, like, wrapped around her arm. Like, she's one with the serpent and, like, holding the apple of knowledge. Um but, yeah, so I, like, I remember I read that last night, and I just had a moment where I, like, kind of sat break, and the next section is, like, Sweet 16. So it was, like, a little bit of a, like, I was able to read that and then just sit back and kind of, like, digest it. And I was like, that was really cool. And I think it would be cool to piece apart so many of these poems and actually, like, I kind of wish I was in some sort of English class that like encouraged me to hyper analyze things again because I feel like I've forgotten how to do it mm-hmm. and I feel like there's so much in these types of like stories to the verse ones mm-hmm. that you could like there's so much more that I'm not even getting out of it I think right and I kind of wish I was but and okay. I feel like that could be a big one right personally um I also really liked when Michael's talking to his Uncle B, and Uncle B kind of has like a little monologue, and he says, I always thought education and money was going to earn me respect, but a mm-hmm. successful black man is a threat, pulling me over for driving a nice car. That isn't what I wanted for your moving day, but this is what it's like to be black in this country or anywhere in the world. They interrupt our joy, our history, our progress. They know they can't stop us unless they kill us, but they can't kill us all. So you're living your life and suddenly interrupted by white fear or suspicion. They mm-hmm. fear sharing anything. Our success is a threat. That um, was big. That was, that was literally him on his way to dropping Michael off mm-hmm. at college. And it was like yeah, pivotal, pivotal moment. Right. Yeah. I also liked, oh, this one was big, House of Mirrors. Mm-hmm. Um, this was right after the Daisy being homophobic. Mm-hmm. Your best friend is a mirror. And it was just a, like one of Michael's poems that he wrote kind of right, reflecting right. on that night. And it was just like that person who's kind of your person, but they're like a mirror of yourself. And it's like, if you don't like what you see in the mirror, it's like, I think it's ultimately like a big, you are who you mm-hmm. surround yourself with. Correct. And I just, I thought that was really good. Because, like, that was a big moment for him to have to, like, yeah. leave his person and his best friend because she, like, she said something. She did something that was not okay. And he had to put his own values in himself first. And that right. is hard to do. And I think that it's a core reflection that everybody has at some point in their life. Mm. Like, oh, I, if I can't stand the things that the, this person I spend a lot of time with is saying then that's a reflection that i might also think these things and feel these things mm-hmm. and i don't so yep <laughs> so why am i associating myself yeah they're not going to grow um i also so this was when he was at the lgbt society and i think i just marked honestly like all of the poems he wrote mm-hmm. um and it was <laughs> some men have vaginas he said he was a gay man with a vagina, and I, penis heavy and light of foot, wondered if gay meant the same to him as it did to me. 
Wondered if a man was in mind or body. Because I were my man, stripped down bare to my man. In the mirror, there I am. For me, man has merely been a matter of circumstance, not a journey or discovery. I rarely had to fight for it, really want to fight against it. Never wanted to shed skin to reveal somebody else. I never questioned it until he said, some men have vaginas. I understood it to be true, but it left me feeling nothing more than a tool who knew nothing about being a man outside his own body. Yeah, isn't I think Michael's character has a lot of introspection. Mm-hmm. Self aware. Yeah. Super self aware. And he's willing to question every aspect of himself. Yeah. Yes. He finds new information and he questions himself and reflects on it. How does this make me feel? And I really just love a character who's so complex like this. Like Mm -hmm. you see a lot of characters in books who are like, I learned a thing. Okay. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Or I'm gonna not think about that ever again. And he's kinda like, No, let me, you know, swish it around in my mouth and swallow it. Right? Like, mm-hmm. let me think how does it about taste? it. Yeah. How is it digesting? Like, right. how do I feel about this? Yeah. What? Oh my God. When he went to the open mic night, too. And out of the 12 of us, the only other poet is a white guy with locks called Vegan Warrior. <laughs> and his poem compares eating meat to the transatlantic slave trade. <laughs> it's terrible. Right. That like, is oh. such a real life thing, too. Uh-huh. That wasn't even very far fetched, right? No. Like that was that was like I could exactly see this happening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, white people are atrocious. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, I really like. There's another. I don't know what this was. Hold on, let me figure it out. Oh, this is this is during his performance mm-hmm. at the end, and he says, "Love is a costume. Sun is a costume. You shrug on and off." Mom is a costume she squeezed herself mm-hmm. into for you. Dad is a costume discarded for other men to try on. Maybe it yep. will fit someone. Maybe you might grow into it. Maybe it might shrink to fit you, Barbie boy. I decide not to pause for the applause, and I continue. As a young flamingo, I was given pink toys. I reach into my bag and pull out the pink flamingo toy Mom bought me in Cyprus. Oh, there's so much more. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I wasn't sure where that part ended that I was trying to read. But mm-hmm. uh, his whole... His whole performance was just like such a good I just think it was the perfect way to end the book like this whole book was a progression of him self-actualizing yep and then that scene is like here is the peak (laughs) instead of trying to end on like a like a resolve it was like no this is the peak Mm -hmm. this is like the middle of his story basically in real in life life you know what you get me you get what I'm trying to say (laughs) I got you you do you have more quotes or? I have one more. I really liked. Um, sure. It was just men are sandcastles. And men are sandcastles made out of pebbles. And the bucket is patriarchy. If you remove it, we fear we won't be able to hold ourselves together. We pour in cement to fill the gaps to make ourselves concrete constructions. Oh, yeah. I like that one. I think he just like he started to really reflect on like who his role as a man and what mm-hmm. it meant to be a man and like how he enjoyed being around girls and how like, he obviously grew up with his mom and his sister and Daisy and realizing kind of the fragility of a lot of the men in his life. And like the strong people in his life mm-hmm. were a lot of women. Women. And stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I thought that one was good. And I just, I love anything that kind of shits on the patriarchy. So I was like, yeah, yeah. true, true. Uh, did you have a song that reminded you of the book? I wish I did. Me too. I felt like maybe it would come to me, mm-hmm. but it didn't. <laughs> I feel like if I like if I think, I feel like maybe I'll reflect the ne- over the next week, and then I'll have like a light bulb moment at some point, and I'll be like, "This right. is perfect." But I don't know <laughs> what it would be. I feel you. Um, ratings. Yeah question mark question mark you want to go first yeah i think honestly for being a ya verse for the book itself and what it set out to do was like five stars mm-hmm. um i think overall like my experience reading it and like i don't know because like it's hard like i think it was really really good but again i think clap when you land was just like 
gut-wrenching and heartbreaking and like really just hits you like a bulldozer Mm -hmm. and this was just a lot more like enjoyable and uh, yeah happy I think this was like it was difficult but it was happy Mm-hmm. ultimately um so like i i want to say five stars but i kind of feel like is that too generous i don't know what what are you i was gonna say five stars okay let's just go five stars is your is your reason to not give it five stars is because you're comparing it to the other verse book yes <laughs> and it didn't hurt you that's like comparing like the song of achilles to beach read yeah i didn't oh, like i, I didn't like beach read as much because right, it didn't right. hurt me what <laughs> but that's not what it's out there to do exactly okay so that's kind of what drama I was... for this one <laughs> that's okay 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 you're right you're right that's what i was trying to kind of get at was like in the grand scheme of things with like is this going to be in my like top five books of all time probably not but it was very very good and it was good at what it was trying to do. I honestly really liked it. I've, I've, I've mentioned a few times that I'm kind of like not really into YA anymore. Mm-hmm. But I but think this because was like, it transitioned okay. more into college and he was a little like I can I can hang it. Also, it wasn't like the kind of YA where, you know, 18 year olds or like 16 year olds take over a country and oh, find yeah. the loves of their lives and get married and Re- lead rebellions and yeah all that it wasn't that kind of way right no it was like well here's <laughs> me in elementary school here's me in middle school here's me in high school and here's me in college yeah it was like a progression of life so i don't even know in my opinion reflection. if that really counts as YA. yeah it was about reflection um, and growth and that was like i think that can be relatable to any age and it was just like such a strong story and i loved the writing style mm-hmm. uh, and i appreciated the verse because it was actually profound in this mm-hmm. case and i just loved michael's character and the reflection and all of you know the little bits of his his queer identity coming mm-hmm. through and him you know finding himself uh, mm-hmm. through each stage of the book i just thought it was really beautiful and i really enjoyed it and honestly i might be one of the best book- books that I've read this year so far. I know it's only okay. February, but... <laughs> but that's still... You've read quite a bit already, so... Yeah. Hey, the, the, it's definitely, I would say, top five out of what I've read so far this okay. year. So Fair. I really, really enjoyed it. I would read it again. It was also a quick read, which I enjoy. Yeah. And it, you know, it's one of those quick quick reads <laughs> that um, feels... Like, oh, my God, it's over already? No. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, I I, yeah. I could have read more if there was more. But I, know, I think maybe it we'll also get a... ended perfectly, too. So, yeah, points for true. that as well. I want to see how he, like, continues his drag career. Yeah. You know? I, I'd like to see the second half of his life, you know? Yeah. Maybe we'll get one when he's, like, 40 years old and he's reflecting on the last 20 years. Perhaps. I, I would read it. I would read it. I really enjoyed it. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. I think that's where we're going to leave it for this episode. Before we part, we just like to thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, I encourage you to leave a review on whichever platform you're listening on, if applicable. If you have any further questions regarding topics discussed throughout the episode, feel free to join our Hardcover Hose Discord server via the link in the show notes or send us an email at hardcoverhosepod at gmail.com. Feel free to recommend books to cover in future episodes as well. As always, I am Sam Dixon. I'm Sammy Scorstead. And this has been an episode of Hardcover Hose. If you enjoyed this listening experience and you'd like to follow along with us next time, the next books on our to-be-read list are The Brown Sisters Trilogy by Talia Hibbert. Until we meet again, enjoy your reading.